Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancore, a half-elf Beastmaster Ranger. Hi, this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton Tanks. Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns. And I am Lauren, a.k.a. Obocrazy, your humble DM, and welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Ladies and gentlemen, last time on Dungeon Drunks, the party wakes up in the safety of their pocket house, but are still suffering the ill effects of time in the corrupted Crypt Garden Forest. After spending the morning examining their illnesses, Bernie uses her restoration magic to cure everyone, but at the cost of most of her magical energy for the day. Knowing every moment they spend in the Crypt Garden makes them sicker, the party tries to track down the demon causing the corruption at the heart of the forest as quickly as possible. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM Lauren, aka Obo Crazy. I have something special for this drink. So this is the first episode that we are recording after we had our live game at RTX. So sorry. And one <laughs> Yeah, we we missed you, Travancore, but your your child is super cute and made everyone Aww. <laughs> That was adorable. One of the things that we got while we were at RTX this year, friends of the show, uh, Becca and Ethan, no. made... I know, everybody's going to be... such a generous term for what they did to us. <laughs> Listen, you, you don't blame the gun, you blame the gun owner. And no, I'm you the blame one... the ghost pepper moonshine. <laughs> so... If you haven't listened to our live game, or if you didn't watch, or if you don't know, they made very special ghost pepper moonshine, which was the strongest stuff on the planet by far. The cool thing about it was that they had custom designed a label uh, and made it specifically as though Waylon of Waylon's Wagons of Wonder had actually made this drink, this snake oil, as one would call it, or Hydra Hooch. So they made this real stuff. And I had the the bottle that was left over afterwards, and I brought it home because I shouldn't let a good drink go to waste. Spent much of the time afterwards trying to decide how best to actually use this stuff because it's it's toxic in large quantities or small quantities. Shout out to a bunch of people on Twitter who gave me a bunch of wonderful suggestions, including Becca and Ethan. But tonight's drink comes from my father. Still call my dad and my mom about shit, especially when it comes to alcohol, because they're smart people and they know a lot more than I do. So there I am standing in the grocery store wondering, what do I get to mix with this stuff? And my dad texts back very quickly, pomegranate juice. And I went, oh, so I got myself one of those big things of palm, you know, in the weird shaped bottles. And so this is a giant glass of palm and like a splash maybe maybe a tiny bit more of a more than a splash of the the ghost pepper moonshine and luke named it appropriately it is dragon's blood because it is bright red and it has a kick to it and it's delicious because it's just a tiny little bit in a giant cup so thank you and cheers jonathan what are you drinking? Hey, this is Jonathan. I play Jonathan the Muscular, and tonight I have an old favorite because since it is after RTX, I actually took a lot of the alcohol that I had in my house down to our condo, so I have very little left. So I made a bantha <laughs> Which milk. might be a good thing. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get to that here in just a second. And uh, it is, once again, uh, coconut rum, pineapple rum, and milk. 
and it is actually really good. So Jonathan the Magimuscular, or Jonathan the actual player, has a couple of things he wanted to get off his chest. First off, I there were some shout-outs that I did not get to at the panel. I wanted to say thank you to Izzy, Nathan, and Connor for helping me pack up the dice that got tossed to the crowd. They did a great job sorting it out and putting it into little bags, so thank you so much. Also, a little bit of a public ser- service announcement. Jonathan the Magimuscular here. And Jonathan the player. And Jonathan the actual player. Boy, we had a lot of fun at that RTX panel. Uh, Everyone seemed to have a good time. But remember, kids, when your friends tell you that you've had too much to drink and they're your friends and you, you trust them because they tell you the truth, you've probably had too much to drink. Do yourself a favor. Listen to your friends. Keep things fun and keep things from being sloppy. Jonathan the Magimuscular out. I wholeheartedly agree. Let's let's chat with the one player who was sadly absent last week, but is gladfully here this week. Travancore, what are you drinking? Good people of Faerun. Travancore is back. <laughs> Yay! Yay! And his, his experiment with teetotaling has come to a happy end, I must say. For what I have before you, and for those listening before your ears, I suppose, is Macallan 12. A very fine scotch, given to me, gifted Ooh. to me for my birthday. By my the best man for my wedding and my very good cuzzo and best friend. Cheers. Cheers. <gasps> Is this the best man that gave you the um the the sword? The battleth, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's bad. I liked him. He was pretty great. That I'm kind of honored that you would drink that for us. Thank you. Someone I'm on always honored to play with. Carlton, what are you drinking? Uh I am taking over the tea totally mantle, and so today I am drinking uh a pure cane sugar version of Dr. Pepper. Nice. It is oh, so much better than the corn syrup stuff, and there is no glue. And it's a store brand, so it's actually cheaper. Nice. Nice. Now, now, was this the stuff in the can or in the glass bottles? In the cans from the party. Yeah, if you can ever manage to find, like, the Mexican Coke version in actual glass bottles, I think that tastes even better. Oh, yeah, the uh, the Dublin Dr. Pepper. Oh, Mexicoke is so good. And someone else who is also so good, Bernie, what are you drinking? Water with ice. <laughs> <laughs> now is that um, artisanal ice art artisanal ice <laughs> i got that good good north carolina uh well water because we don't have city water where i live <laughs> so i got lots of extra vitamins mostly minerals in here um mm. locally it, sourced we have filtered water and i straight up drink the sink water i just- listen as long as it's coming out clear then you're okay I wasn't feeling super good earlier today, and I was just like, you know, like beer's not gonna make me feel any better. Nope. So it's it's some some water. It's like just think about you know like Bernie's Bernie's a tiny little gnome, and she drank a lot last week, and she just needs to like <laughs> like you can imagine that for the size she was and the amount of alcohol I physically consumed, her entire bloodstream has been replaced with. I think they gave me bourbon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, technically that episode hasn't happened yet. It it will shortly. She just woke up with an unknown hangover. Yeah. I, I'll let you know when when those events have will happened. 
Blah. But it totally makes sense because I, Bernie ate all of that caramel pie. And, Bernie oh did God, eat all that caramel pie. But for the moment, that hasn't happened yet. You guys have uh, woken up in the Crypt Garden Forest. You're still on your trek to get rid of this rot demon. You've just finished a fairly large fight with some undead and some ghosts. And it was it was a bit of a scary fight, but you prevailed and have continued your trek through the Crypt Garden as it has moved into afternoon. Now, one of the things you guys were trying to do is figure out exactly where the rot demon is located in the crypt garden. You just you just know it's somewhere in this forest. So if anybody would like to make some checks to see if they can figure out which direction they wanted to go. I, I know, would love to. Can Bernie do a check where she does that thing in Charmed where they just hold a necklace above a map of the city and it tells them where to go? Well... You could try, <laughs> although this isn't a city. And I know. That would be weird. That's the only solution. Like, I watched a lot of Charmed in my preteen years, and I feel like <laughs> that is the only solution that I know of off the top of my head, despite having an actual book full of spells right here. Sounds like Travancore has some ideas and Carlton has some ideas. You can definitely kind of look over your your skill list. Um, I'm willing to entertain a bunch of different ideas. You guys had some ideas about the last time of, you know, getting a direction of where this thing might be. Travancore, what were you thinking? I'm thinking a reverse survival check kind of thing. I have a pretty big bonus for survival. And one would think that the direction where the most my spider sense is tingling the most would be the way to go. So I don't know if I can use that kind of survival skill to see whether I can figure out what the worst, where, what the way to go that is the most dangerous, because that stands to reason that that would be where this demon is. Okay, so you're looking to use a survival check to figure out where it would be deadliest. The you you would have the least ability to survive. Okay, yeah, I'll let you. I'll let so you go ahead and do that. Go ahead and do that. Direction of death. <laughs> yeah, uh, while he's doing oh that role, Carlton, what were you thinking about? So this is where I spent my time hunting with the wolf family, the crypt garden. I'm going to kind of retreat into my mind, start recalling the memories of traveling with my pack. I start reaching down, like smelling the dirt, kind of getting the scent on the wind, trying to figure out which way uh, the scent of death is coming from to hunt. Okay, roll a history check. Damn it. Well, you do that. But the role play was good. The role play is good. While you do history, Travancore, what was your your role? 16. 16. All right. And Carlton, what'd you get? 11 for history. Okay. The ground is disgusting, which is not a surprise. I mean, you've been dealing this with this for a while. So as you grab some earth to smell it, it it's, uh, it's sullen. It's just, it smells unclean. But you use that to your advantage and you recall... Uh, what you remember about this forest, what you remember about things of note. Where might something of power be? And trying to center yourself in the forest. As Travancore, you scan around and you use your senses and your, your natural ability to survive in, out in the wilderness and your training to see if you were to go in that direction, would there be more or less issues Basically, Travancore, you you kind of notice to the northwest, if you were to try to pick a direction to not go in, the northwest would be the way to go. 
as you point in that direction and kind of voice those concerns, you know, thinking, all right, well, if, if we're looking for the center of the disease, that's where there seems to be more of it. Carlton, you do seem to remember, you don't ever remember being at the heart of this forest. And there was a reason why. And it wasn't a scary reason. It was a respectful thing. The, the, your pack didn't go there because it was someone, someone of power was there. But you, you don't really know any more specifics because you never went there yourself. And, the and wolves, wolves can't were... actually communicate in words like, hey, this is consecrated ground. Don't go here. They're wolves. They're like, uh-uh. They just give you a nudge, you know, like or a nip at the heels. Like, no. Yeah. You know, you understood your own pack well enough to know you wouldn't call it consecrated ground. Like the closest you would call it would be the layer of a a respected, powerful being. But that's all you really know. And you've never actually been there. But as soon as Travancore points in that direction, you now have oriented yourself. And that sets off that memory of, no, we don't go there because that belongs to someone else. I'll relay that to the party, be like, hey, when hunting, we stayed away from that area because powerful things were there. So I think that if there were to be a demon that were summoned here, that's where they would put him. That makes sense to me as a woman of religion. Should I do a religion check? If you'd like. 27. Yeah, I'm a religious person. Carlton tells you about this experience he had growing up with the wolves and the the feelings that he got about this powerful thing you've been kind of mulling over in your mind about what a bunch of warlocks would bind how they would bind a demon to this place and if there was some sort of protector of this forest especially one that was connected to a goddess like Myliki that would be the that that would be the Achilles heel. That would be the place they'd go. That would be the the heart that they would strike. It makes complete sense, you know. If you want to go after a religious thing, you you strike at their temples. You strike at their worshippers. You strike at their most powerful of clerics. And if Carlton and Travancore are saying that that's in that direction, absolutely. Would you call me Bay's most powerful cleric? Uh, you would know you are not Faye's most powerful cleric. <laughs> you know, you know that there are not many of her worshippers in, at least in the Nomash Enclave that you grew up in. Uh, you also know that there are not many who are, you would consider more powerful than you, but it's been actually a while since you've come across more clerics of Bay, and you've been gone a while, and you've grown, so... I could be. It is, it is possible. I'm ready for the trials. Obi-Wan's just holding me back. <laughs> Not quite yet, but you- He's overly critical. <laughs> you're pretty sure that there's some, there's some clerics of Bay out there who have been around many, many more hundreds of years than you. I know. Yeah. Jonathan, you're listening to all of this. Was there anything else that you wanted to do? Or is they point in that direction? Are you happy to just go? Jonathan the Magimuscular is happy to just go because he is uh he has been contemplating and uh and kind of taking care of uh of Bucks. Just kinda he's been kind of trying to pay attention to how Bucks is feeling after after what he's been through. So he's uh he's really distracted. Okay. It's been 
an hour or two since that fight. You remounted your horses and continued to ride. He's shaken it off. Uh, the the initial shock of suddenly losing several years of his life and has managed to recenter himself on the fact that death for him means something different than it would if he was just a normal owl and that right. is a comfort. Okay. Uh, but certainly your your presence and your concern have also he has he has appreciated it. And while the sense you get from him is is that he is calm and cool and collected again he still hasn't left your shoulder in the last hour or two and usually as you guys are riding around he prefers to kind of range around a little bit ahead like riding up and down on the horse on your shoulder is a little uncomfortable so the fact that he's done that indicates more than he's letting on uh, but he seems to be uh, okay buddy. all right well we, yeah it's, if he's if he's feeling better and stiff upper lipping it then that's that's great that's that's progress good job buddy all right, and you guys are going to ride off in the direction everybody's pointing? Yeah, yeah. Let's, yes. let's keep going. Yep. Excellent. As the sun continues to head towards the horizon, you guys are, you know, maybe another hour or two away from it starting to get to dusk. I'd love you all to roll perception checks. All right, let's let's do rounds of perception for everybody. Carlton. I had a 14. And Travancore and Shadow. Travancore got a 12. Shadow got a 4. Oh, distracted. Bucks and Jonathan. Bucks got a 12. Jonathan the Magic Muscular got a 9. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bernie. Um, Bernie got an 8. Okay. Wow. Bernie's real good at religion, not so good at perception. Yeah. You guys are very distracted by just how much worse the, the forest continues to get is now you, you have a heading and it's it's almost palpable. Just there's this metallic tinge in the air when you breathe in. You can almost taste it. The the trees now you can actually see bits of bark falling off, covered in in lichens and rot. Fortunately, Carlton, you're focused enough on keeping track of where you are, despite the fact that this looks nothing like what you remember. That you very clearly hear noises coming from the north. And for a moment, they you catch them because they sound familiar. You hear them because they sound like very familiar paw prints on the ground. I howl. I howl at the moon. Okay. Well, there's no moon. It's still the, daylight. The phrase. But I the phrase. tilt my head up and I let out a very orc-like wolfish howl. I think you need to demonstrate that for us. Oh! He's Top aces. Yeah, not bad. I was going to have you roll a performance check, but I think you just did and rolled a natural 20. So I will. So you Drink, let this out. Drink. So my cat is Every- like sleeping next to me and she just looked up and be like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> there we go. I mean, if the cat, it does a what the fuck. You rein in your horse. The rest of you rein in your horse. You let out this howl. There is dead silence for a good five, six seconds. And then you all hear and Carlton, as they come closer and you look, you realize, wait, something's wrong. And you look over and you see two different groups heading towards you. The first obvious ones, the heavier footfalls are running towards you through the broken trees, almost pushing dead trees over. They are orcs, but large with green 
pustule-filled skin that's sloughing off them and just as, as though covered in acid. They've got red, beady, pointed eyes that almost seem to light up in front of them so that despite the fact that they've, they're still several feet away from you, you can clearly see just this fire in their irises. They are wearing ratty leathers, no shoes. They don't look undead. They just look like diseased and necrotic and they're calling out to each other in orcish and you can hear in because you speak orcish right carl obviously yeah um for you and for anyone else that speaks orcish what you hear is this bubbling gurgling call to each other as you hear they're coming get them kill them they're Food, they must die. Get them sick, sick on them. The orchestra heights and the dryad corruption. Kill them, bring them to her, turn them into fertilizer for her death. Oh, buddy. Yeah, oh. I'm going to pull my halberd and jump off my horse and get ready to go. And Bernie can hear the gurgles and she goes, oh, <laughs> hello. How are you? Well, not good, I can assume. Why, you're gurgling. <laughs> As you guys hear this, um, Carlton, you're the only one that understands it, but everybody else can clearly hear this just speech as though it's speaking underwater, and you can almost see it frothing, these things frothing at the mouth as they are charging towards you. The other noise that you heard that you thought was wolves that you called out to, they seem to be wolves, but as they round trees and step out into the daylight, you see that they are corrupted in a similar way. They are bigger distended, half their hair is gone, bits of flesh that has bubbled and boiled over in green liquid pustules. There's these red beady eyes that are mercilessly staring at all of you as prey. And as the orcs point to you and call out to all of you for your death and they go charging forward, we can all roll initiative. And Brandon goes, Carlton! Thanks! <laughs> I guess it's fitting that I rolled a natural 20 on initiative. Yes, it is! Yes, it is! You Considering you're look. the only one who noticed these things, absolutely. Don't forget to cast Mage Armor. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how they're grouped, because... What you see before you is that they've come through the trees. Each of these orcs with a a wolf or two almost as though they were at their sides and ranging through in in small clumps but they're they're fairly spread out but they're all starting to head in your direction very quickly uh let me do some rolling and then i will ask for some initiative travancore what's your initiative 18 for travancore and jonathan nine and Bernie? 16. And Bucks? Four. Oh. Poor wow, Bucks. Bucks is still really distracted. And Shadow? 17. And Carlton? Uh, 23 with a natural 20, so everybody take a drink. All right. So Carlton dismounted his horse and pulled out his halberd. 
And the rest of you had a moment to call out to each other so that you weren't surprised by what's going on. Carlton, you get to go first. What would you like to do? Uh, I'm angry and I'm raging. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, and I'm going to slice me off some some orc uh, and I yell at it, uh, which uh, would roughly translate to saying that he has flowers in the blood. It's, a, it's an orcus insult. Deep cut. All right, you run straight forward towards the middle orc and the middle corrupted wolf, and you're gonna do your. I'm gonna attacks? do some attacks. All right. Uh, da, da, da. Ooh, uh, a twelve. That will actually hit. It's it's uh, decrepit leather armor, and it's just slothy movements. It doesn't really have much of a chance to to dodge or anything. So you, you hit it. I actually get to re-roll some of this damage because of my. Great weapon fighting style. Okay. Nice. So much better. All right. Just so the audience knows, I rolled I rolled a 1d10 and a 1d4, and I rolled a 1 on the 4 and a 2 on the 10. As a nice great weapon, I get to reroll both. So it was a 4 and a 9, so that's 13 plus the rage of 15 plus my uh, modifier, so 20 points of damage instead of 10 points against the orc. And that's all slashing damage? Uh, Slashing and necrotic. How much of that is necrotic? Uh, four of it is necrotic. It doesn't surprise you to see that the necrotic doesn't seem to hurt it nearly as much as as you would expect. Is it still hurting it, though? You can see that it seems to be hurting it a little bit, but certainly it's not not nearly as much as you had hoped. All right. I'm going to make the second swing. Uh, so 25 to hit. That definitely hits. All right, uh, not as good. So 6, 5, 11, rage, 13 points, one of which is necrotic. Okay. Uh, Yeah, you slash into this thing, stab it once, and you do some terrible damage, whole bits of this thing. You can tell that it's not undead. It's not like the actual zombies that you'd fought earlier. This thing just seems to be so diseased that its body is falling apart even without you slashing at it. But it, it still is standing there, just, it's grinning at you now. It's got this large, almost joyful grin. No, I don't like it. Bonus action frenzy. Okay. Oh my gosh, you do a bajillion things. I'm legitimately jealous about how many things you get to do. This right, this is what he but this is all he does. Uh yeah, that that hits. 16 That's his job. points and 3 of which is necrotic. Okay. And then I will grab I will pick up uh, my old friend the axe and I will be like, "Albert, your your time to shine is not in the corrupted forest." <laughs> All right, as you um, you do one more slash at this thing, put away your halberd, halberd, pull out your axe, and try. <laughs> There's that one guy! Try. The one guy! Now we're always nope. like... Nope! For every one guy who says something, you know there's like 20 more, so I'm, I'm going to try to say halberd. I'm going to say halbred because in my head there's an old retired fighter that opened up a bakery called halbred. Ooh. I've made two puns tonight, friends! Yeah, you, you think you might have seen that place in Waterdeep. Anyway, we're totally going put, to get some bread from there when we get back. You're one weapon away and pull out the other. Um, this thing is still, it's got this feral grin at you. One of its tusks has completely broken off. The other one is just, it's... And it's like gurgling at you. Uh, and I'm assuming you are done. Yeah, that's it. All right, Travancore, it is your turn. You watch as your friend rushes off into the danger. 
Emboldened by how much damage that orc seems to have done, uh, Travancore casts Hunter's Mark on the orc. And he charges his flare bow. Mm-hmm. And he's going to launch. 15? Yes, that hits. Your your arrow strikes true. Sweet. Go ahead and give me all that wonderful damage. You got it. Is this thing going to explode on me? Maybe. You don't know? <laughs> it's a boomer. Uh, 11 piercing damage, uh, 4 from the Hunter's Mark, 3 flaming damage from the uh, flare bow. So 18 total. Yup. Very nice. Uh, yeah, it is... It's still grinning at Carlton, but you can you can see as its side goes up in flames from where your your flare shot hit it. Its blackened kind of crust-like exterior is just flaking off, and it's it's looking super hurt. I'm gonna move twenty feet back and end my turn. All right, you pull your horse back twenty. It is now Shadow's turn. What would he like to do? Let's see: five, ten, fifteen, twenty, twenty-five, thirty. He should have just enough movement. I don't know if you get into flanking. Doesn't have quite enough to get into flanking. What's his, his speed is 30? 40 feet for Shadow. 40? Yeah. Then yeah, he should be able to get into flanking with the one wolf. All so right. five. Well, animal on animal action. Shadow is going to make a beeline to get a flanking conga line with uh, a... <laughs> Hi, bear buddy. Wolf. Yeah. And he is going to bite this fellow. Will a 17 hit? Yes, definitely. His his giant maw sinks into this wolf, which is is looking the same as the orc. It's got just horrible pustules um, and lesions all over its its form, but it it does seem to be a normalish size. You know, maybe a little bit bigger. So Shadow is definitely much bigger than this thing. Hopefully, Shadow has a sense of spit whatever bite bites out immediately for three damage. Ugh, great. All right. Oh, yeah, Shadow has very quickly learned there is nothing in this forest he wants in his mouth longer than absolutely necessary. <gasps> is Shadow still, like, hubris Shadow so that he, like, no. oh, because in my head nope, he's, you like, taking him. a bite and he's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that in your head and the and reality he's, like, is actually very out close. A napkin that he hides in some kind of weird, like, marsupial, like, pocket and he's, like, wiping his <laughs> mouth. I'm just imagining Shadow is part marsupial now, friends. Hubris Shadow in my head has the voice of Simon Belmont from the Captain N cartoon. Yes. Totally vainglorious <laughs> with with highly coiffed hair. Yes, and, <laughs> and a monocle. Not nope. None of this is canon. Nope. It is now. Nope. He's got the marsupial pocket. And it holds- Listen, I already let him be a fire bear, even though he's not really a fire bear. Let's let's not make him a completely different race than he already is. <laughs> As Shadow clamps down on this disgusting, corrupted wolf, it lets out a yip, kind of fury-filled anger, and they all go into a frothing frenzy. Um, these two. The two on the right are going to charge forward at Shadow. The two on the left are going to... Oh, what are they going to do? Uh, this one... The, the two on the left, the one charges towards Carlton as it sees an opportunity. The The other one is going to go off on its own and charge towards Jonathan. Wait, what? Yeah, Jonathan. So, here come lots of attacks. First up, Carlton, you've got two of these things on you, mm-hmm. and they are flanking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is going to be a 16? No. All right. Yes. Uh, the second one is a 22? Yes. 
Uh, you take five piercing damage, okay. three necrotic damage, and I need you to make a strength saving throw. Is it halved because he's raging? Uh, only the piercing. Yeah, the piercing is halved. Uh, 24. Yep, it's as it sinks its teeth into you, you feel this necrotic bile kind of seep into your your skin. It hurts, but it when it pulls away, it tries to knock you prone and you, you manage to stay upright. Uh, Shadow's got two coming at him. Ugh, first one's a 24. Yep, that'll hit. <laughs> okay, he takes uh, six piercing, four necrotic, and I need him to make a strength saving throw. Okie doke. 22. Yep, same thing. It's 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 a harsher bite than Carlton suffered, but Shadow plants all four of his feet and he, this thing can't knock him over. The next one, uh, that's a 23 versus AC. I think that's going to hit. He takes five piercing, two necrotic, and they need another strength saving throw. <laughs> well, four. <laughs> yeah, this time... Uh, the second one comes on in and Shadow's a little caught off guard because he had been mostly prepared for the first one. And when it pulls away, it kicks towards him and Shadow's knocked prone. Oof. Uh, no extra damage, but he is now knocked prone. Jonathan, the one on you, uh, it's going to be a 20, not natural. Uh, that'll hit. All right. You take three piercing, one necrotic. So four total. And I need you to make a strength saving throw. Don't suck. Hey, not so much with the sucking. Uh, 18. Yep, you managed to stand your ground as it kicks back off of you after it bites into you, and you are still standing. That is the end of all the wolves' turn. Bernie, it's your turn. You're still riding Coco Snoot. Uh, you see this one wolf come charging up towards Jonathan, who is very close to you, and the others kind of gather around Shadow and Carlton. What would you like to do? Would you consider these undead? Go ahead and roll a nature check. Two. Bernie got a two. <laughs> uh, you're not sure. You really don't know. So, shit. I have turn undead. And, like, Julia the person feels like these guys are undead. But Bernie isn't sure. And you're not going to tell me. That's your I'm not going to tell you face. Um... So, she's going to do something else, which will help everybody. She's going to cast aid. No offense to Travancore, but she's going to cast it on the people who need it the most, which are... I can cast it on... I had aid pulled up. What the... Not aid. Blessed. <laughs> blessed. She's going to cast blessed. No, she's going to cast blessed. Three creatures of my choice within range. Ironically, I'm not going to bless myself. I'm going to do Jonathan... Carlton and the bear and what this you guys just get it whenever you guys make an attack roll or a saving throw add a d4 if only I could have cast that before all of this as a bonus <laughs> action she is going to bust out her spiritual weapon Ooh, all oh all right yay Ooh, um, ooh. I was wondering ooh. what it was gonna look like we all always wonder what what her spiritual weapon is gonna look like where would you like to put it let's start with that I feel like it could be the most help if it's in flanking with Shadow. Okay. I think you have enough range yeah. to put it there. I was All measuring right. earlier. I was it... counting things. What does okay. it look like? That's an excellent question. They're... I'm trying to think of a good thing. Something that wolves are afraid of. What are wolves afraid of, Carlton? Silver bullets. Tigers. 
It could look like a silver bullet. But they're not werewolves. These are just wolves that are gross. With that two nature, you're pretty sure they're not werewolves. But they they could be. They could not look like werewolves at the moment. You don't really know. Bernie's just kind of fed up, and this is just a stick. This is a literal stick that's going to beat them. Like, it says Chester the Destroyer, and is like, just imagine, like, somebody, just imagine an old fucking lady who is sick of the goddamn wolves just it's hitting them, just be like, no. Yes. It's a, no, a switch. No, Ooh, a rolled-up newspaper. A rolled-up newspaper. It's a rolled-up newspaper. It's a rolled-up <laughs> newspaper, right. and the, the water title, deep times. the headline says Chester the Destroyer. I'm afraid of some bad news. <laughs> afraid I've got some bad news. Yes, exactly. There you go. Bad news for bad boys. Bad news for bad wolves. <laughs> All right, They're go ahead and roll your boys. your bonus attack on this thing. Yeah, let me let me pull up spiritual weapon again because I continuously forget how it works, and I get to roll with advantage, right? Uh, yes, because you are in flanking with shadow. A twenty-three and a twenty-four. But yes, those would hit. So you hit, go ahead, and, and this is force damage, right? Yeah, and this is force damage. 12. All right. He that, it hits that bad dog on the nose for 12 damage and says, no. And it growls at your blue incandescent spiritual weapon of newspaperness as you smack it and do some nice damage to it. Anything else? Um, Bernie wants to know, hey guys, are these undead? Are they rotting? Are they undead? Are they just got really, really unfortunate acne, maybe? I don't know. Um, if anybody could tell me, that would be really good, because I think I can fix our problem real fast. Uh, but not until I know whether or not they're undead or they're alive with just real, or they're almost dead, nearly dead, mostly dead. Someone please tell me. <laughs> and with that plea... It is time for the the orcs to go. Carlton, the one next to you, you see it. And it projectile vomits acid onto you. I was going to offer him some Pepto so that didn't happen, but apparently I wasn't fast enough. Nope, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. But remember, you've got a lot of bonuses to that shit. Yep. Uh, uh, an 11. As this acid spray comes over you it is noxious and disgusting so i got to roll i have a plus seven to my con saves and i got to roll an additional d4 and i still only rolled an 11 you take eight poison damage spittle and fumes just broil over your body um they seem to pass by the wolves next to you without too much of a problem the one i gag a little Carlton, you're really close to them. Do they seem dead, undead, almost dead? <laughs> uh, I don't think it's undead because it spoke. Oh, sweetie, no, we spoke to the dead earlier. I don't think that's a criteria. You make a nature check for mama. Damn. Can, can I make a nature check for mama? On your turn, you absolutely can. This one on the left is going to follow its dog on up. It's wolf. I'm sorry. It's going to follow its wolf on up. No. Bernie, he did say something about Orcus, and that's the bad orc god. Just a heads up. That's no bueno. No bueno. He did say something about Orcus, right? Uh, yes. He said something about Orcus. Isn't Orcus the goblin cleaver? No, Orcus is not the... <laughs> or is it I'm the bow Grimsh. hammer? I'm thinking Groomsh. Never mind, Bernie. I'm confusing my gods again. Okay. Also known as killer whales. Oh. This one that has followed its... 
uh, wolf on up. The wolf is currently trying to attack Jonathan. It turns a, a crooked acid dripping finger, points it at Bernie. Uh, you hear it speaking in harsh guttural tones. And uh, Bernie, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. Oh, how wonderful. That's just something I'm so excited to do. I'm so excited. I just can't hide it. Bernie got a three. We're not going to do any more. <laughs> so you we don't look get over at this thing as it growls at you in a language that you don't quite understand. You get the sense it's casting a spell at you just as your vision goes dark. Oh. You are currently blinded. <gasps> I'm what blinded. is with blinding Bernie? Is this a thing now? It's it's as though it watched as Bernie cast a bunch of spells, and as a spellcaster, it knew what to do to stop that. How good for you that all my spells are not dependent on having eyeballs. That's will be interesting when you try to heal somebody that you need to be able to see. Uh, with I that, just, as long the as I can touch orc, them, the orc on the right, he is gonna move to there. You see him hold both of his uh, decrepit, pustule-covered hands out as though beseeching the sky. He says a couple of things under his, under his breath in some dark language. And I need both Carlton and Shadow to make a strength saving throw. Oh, yes. This was the correct thing to give you guys. <laughs> Don't forget your plus D4. 16 for Shadow. Okay. 29 for Carlton. All right. The both of you, the ground below you erupts into uh, green tentacles covered in slime as they try to uh, batter you and wrap around you. And uh, both Shadow and Carlton are able to kind of resist the effects of bit so because you guys both successfully saved you guys are going to take half damage so you're only going to take four necrotic damage as the tendrils pull back into the ground with a, a, a sickening noise and carlton you can now see clearly both of these orcs they they look joyous and jonathan it is now your turn you've got a disgusting diseased wolf in your face uh, Jonathan the Magic Muscular yells, Bernie! Yes? Danger close! Duck! Okay, that's, that's certainly Bernie ducks. Does she need to duck? She's really No, she doesn't small. have to actually have to duck. She's out of the range. She's just, I like yelling stuff. Okay, uh, so... what, about, what about checking to make sure, what about checking to see if they're dead, undead, mostly dead, nearly dead? Uh, I'll have a report in just a moment. So okay, cool. Jonathan the Magic Muscular is going to throw a fireball right there, and okay. that should envelop everyone, including the Carlton and, uh, and Shadow. So they get- they get, you'll sculpt around. They get sculpted around. I don't have a fireball to take a shot of. Thank God. So, uh, <laughs> fireball happens. DC 16, dexterity save. All right. So, we'll do the three orcs first. Uh, the one closest to Jonathan uh, fails with a 14. The one, uh, the next one to the north, 16? 16, yes. 
That Okay, he saves, and the furthest one away is a 17. So the orc closest to Jonathan fails, the other two succeed. As for the wolves, we'll start with the one on Jonathan. Uh, that's a 10 he fails. The Fuck one that. to Carlton's left rolls a natural 20. So I will take a drink of my dragon's blood. Mm. Is it good? How is you? Damn, you almost finished that shit. I was very careful with the i literally basically filled the cup with the palm and then i started doing and when i mean splashes i mean really gentle splashes and i'd sip a little bit and splash and and stir and sip and so i get just the hint of the taste of the ghost pepper and then some of the burn at the end but it's very mild it is it is very very good but i was also very careful anyway the one next to well the one to carlton's left saves the one to Carlton's right fails. Uh, the one to Shadow's right succeeds. And the final one fails. So basically the ones in the conga line, the one to the far left and the far right succeeded. So give me give me damage. Damage is going to be 28. All right. I imagine that like they don't smell good to begin with, but being set on fire just exacerbates that terrible stench. Yeah, it's probably not good. The one that had been harrying Shadow that he had bitten into and Bernie had sliced into, that one dies. He saved half a... That's going to be 18. Oh, nope, he's going to die. All right. This one orc that Carlton had been pounding into when he first ran up, he dies. Uh, But everybody else manages to stay on their feet although they're looking singed and crusty and it's it's bad so uh, given the fire's effect on them uh jonathan the magic muscular wants to check and see if they are undead all right roll me a nature check all right oh you guys saved, oh fuck so that's- it was almost 18 <laughs> What'd you roll? Uh, not good. You get it. You get it. Van- Hold on. No, it's saving throws. Damn it. Saving throws, not checks. Uh, nature, nature, nature. That's going to be a nine. Uh, you've got this wolf in your face. It's really hard to tell. You think you see this one breathing and you don't think you've seen undead breathe before, but you're really unsure about the orcs. They seem less like they're doing necrotic damage you can kind of see that but it's less about them being necrotized and you're seeing more acidic and pustules and disease but eh, you're leaning maybe towards not undead but you can't be 100 percent sure i'm not sure bernie but i don't think they're undead i i think they're just fucked up okay anything else uh no and it's bucks's turn bucks is going to fly back towards uh towards Travancore and perch on the top of his head. All right. Bucks retreats a little bit. Carlton, it's your turn. You're gratified to see that the orc that you initially attacked now lies smoldering and dead near your feet, but you are a little surrounded at the moment. Sorry about the eyebrows, pal. Uh, I'm bad. Yeah. I, I, I'm just gonna start going with a new look. Maybe I'll Does get all my like, tattooed even on. Does have eyebrows anymore, given how many no, of those things no, he's, he's been I feel a like part the next of. time he hits civilization, I'm gonna go to a tattoo artist and get him tattooed on, so that way I don't have to worry about it anymore. Carlton, the weird thing is you know that Jonathan can sculpt these spells around you, and you are never injured except for your eyebrows. It's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, 
couple axe attacks on the what is it the the ugly looking wolf. I kind of muster myself and I look. I these things are beyond saving, right? You don't know. Can I nature check to see if I can save if they're save salvageable? Sure. If there's still actual decent wolf inside of them. It's going to be the night everybody fails the nature check. 21. Of course. It's not undead. You can tell that by looking at it. So it might be, but this thing, it's not rabies. You know what that looks like. But it kind of, the, the reaction is similar. And the, the diseased bit uh, of the skin is disheartening. So you think that the chances of redeeming, of of healing this wolf are fairly slim. All right. Then in that case, I will euthanize it. Okay. uh, With my axe advantage. I'm going with the one that I'm flanking with. Okay. All right. And I get to re-roll that damage. It's a 25 to hit. That hits. All right. And I rolled a one on the die, so I'm going to re-roll it. Perfect. I rolled a 12 now, so that will be... 17, 19 points of slashing. All right. You bring your axe down and as quickly as possible, cleave its spine in two and put it out of its misery. All right. I tried to do it clean. Uh, I will then put this one out of its misery. Which one? Uh, The one immediately next to me. Okay. Uh, It's a 25 to hit. That hits. Uh, That'll be 13 slashing. Oh, wait. No, 15 slashing because of rage. You turn around and take care of the other one, slash it right across the throat, and it goes down. All right, and I'm still frenzying, so my bonus action attack is going to go against Biggin. Uh, 21 to hit. Uh, that does hit. 13 points of slashing. You take down these two wolves and then charge forward at this other orc, uh, slash into it, not having to worry this that time. That is non-magical. I don't know if that matters. Uh... Well, you slash into it, and at least this at this point, you don't have to worry about the necrotic damage, and he seems to take damage. Okay. Uh, anything else? Uh, I curse at it some more in Orcish. All right. It begins to give this low guttural chuckle that literally bubbles up its throat. <laughs> Dravencourt, it's your turn. Okay. Since the one that he had Hunter's Mark on is dead, he's going to, as a bonus action, recast Hunter's Mark on the wolf that's right in front of Jonathan. And he's going to hit that wolf with an arrow, hopefully. Sure. 27. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'll do it. That definitely sinks in. Right. And that is going to do. All right. You watch as this wolf is getting ready to claw at Jonathan again, and you just nail it in the side of its head. Normally hitting it in the skull, especially a a wolf, would not necessarily do this much damage. That's That's a pretty thick part but the the skull practically caves in as though it's it's already been weakened and this thing falls over dead nice all right um shadow gets a reaction so he is going to bite the uh, the one lone, lone wolfie actually he's going to claw this time maybe he doesn't okay. have a taste for these fellows maybe he doesn't have a taste for anything in this forest yeah yeah so maybe don't he's forget thinking... the 1d4 to add to his yep. attack right right maybe he's thinking he doesn't want uh so claw plus a d4. Ooh, that's going to be well, at least it's a 13. Uh that unfortunately doesn't hit. It just manages the the wolf just manages to kind of skid out of the way um not taking the brunt of those those giant claws. All right. Uh before I end my turn, Travancore is going to move about 15 feet to the right. To the right, to the right. Sorry. 
All right, you're now kind of behind Bernie a couple of feet, and it's Shadow's turn. And luckily he gets to bite this guy again. Well, 24. That definitely hits. Rad. Oh, that was a claw, rather. Um, retconned into a claw. That's going to do, ah, six damage. He, this time, manages to hit this wolf, raking his claw across the side. This shadow can smell the the acid and the the necrosis on this thing as, as it steams in the air in kind of this green odor. And it's looking like it could fall over at any second, but it is still standing. Okay. Ah, uh, you know what I should have done? I can't believe I'm kicking myself. I could have moved into flanking with the uh, the fellow, but I didn't. Wouldn't have mattered, I guess. That's okay. I can help. I'll just You did hit it one. anyway. What's that? I said the, the spiritual weapon will whack it on the nose and it'll die. Okay. All done? But not before he gets a turn. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm done. All right. He does get a turn. It is going to try to bite Shadow in single-minded fury. Uh, but that's probably not going to hit. That's an 11? No. Nope. It's super hurt. And when it tries to reach out to bite, one of its knees kind of buckles a little bit. And it does not land. Bernie, it's your turn. You are blind. Okay. Do I need to make like a constitution, whatever it is, to throw At off? At the end of your turn, you'll have a chance to save against it. But for your turn, you're blind. Okay. What does that mean? What's, the, what's that mean for me? Oh, blindness. Well, if you are blind, that means you automatically fail any check that requires sight. You have disadvantage on attack rolls, and all attackers have advantage against you, because you can't dodge out of the way. All right, so if I move... How does this affect the spiritual weapon? Well, the spiritual weapon is a melee attack, and since it is using your sight to do it, it would be at disadvantage. Okay, can I move the spiritual weapon into flanking with the wolf? And cancel cancel out the disadvantage, like the no advantage from it, but also no disadvantage. Sure, why not? Okay, there we go. That's gonna help. Also, gonna change my D eight to a D twenty, so I can actually hit this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Does a ten hit? Sadly, no. It sees the spiritual weapon moving around because because your vision is cloudy. It doesn't move with the speed that you normally do, and it's able to duck out of the way. All right. As a bonus action, the spiritual weapon is going to move again, and it's got the it's got the movement to do this in between shadow and the orc thingy. All right. And again, the canceling out because of the seriously. <laughs> What'd you roll? A ten. Uh, sadly, once again, the orc sees it coming and is able to definitely move out of the way and your spiritual weapon misses. Anything else? No, that's all I've got. I need a constitution saving throw to try to save out of being blind. Oh. Does a 21 unblind me? 21 unblinds you. So as you kind of curse your blindness and then concentrate some of your own healing constitution, you're able to see again. Miraculous. All right. Bernie's pissed. Bernie's real mad. That is understandable. All right. It is the orc's turn. This one is going to move up to the two of you. It kind of shambles up, moving almost like an ape. It's uh, two legs, and then it puts one of its arms down on the ground to move around. It walks, it kind of almost saunters up to the two of you, big 
uh, smelly, broken-toothed grin on its face. It holds up clawed hands towards the sky, and I need Bernie and Jonathan to make um, strength-saving throws, please. Don't suck! Oh. Add your d4. I sucked! You add the d4. I don't have a d4. I cast that shit on you guys. I still sucked. I got an 11. And Bernie? Bernie got a 9. All right. Uh, The ground below you turns from rock and mud into suddenly green tentacles with teeth that lash out at the two of you. You're both going to take 11 necrotic damage, and as as they sink their little needle teeth into you and kind of hold on for a second, uh, you guys cannot take reactions until the end of your next turn. Does this mean that, like, my little fire thing? Your spiritual weapon? No, my fire shield. I guess my fire shield is a reaction. That is a reaction. Okay. So, yes, sadly, because you failed that, you cannot fire shield this thing. But I can fire shield him at the end of my next turn. After your next turn, you your reactions come back. So, yes. Are we, like, trapped or are we just hurt? Uh, you're not trapped. You're just hurt and you're unable to take reactions. Yeah, we're, like, hairy, things- so we can't pay attention yeah. to what's going, around, going on around us. The one that's next to Carlton is going to grin at Carlton and say something under its breath. And Carlton, I need you to make a constitution saving throw. I can do that thing with a 25. Yeah, as more poison spills out of its mouth, you do manage to save out of some of the damage. So much again in a bucket. He keeps throwing up. So you're only going to take two poison damage. And that is the end of their turn. Jonathan, it's your turn. You've got this guy. He smells. He smells noxious and like death. And your legs are now covered in tiny little necrotic bites. So I, Jonathan the Magimuscular is going to swing around to get right here. How hurt does he look? Uh, he looks pretty hurt. He looks crispy, but he's grinning at you. Well, uh, let's, let's turn that frown upside dead. Uh, I am going to unleash Scorching Rays on him, and I'm going to put two into his grinning ass, one for each cheek, and then I'm going to point the last one as Wolf, so hopefully he doesn't survive these. Okay. All right, so, okay, so 22 on the first one. That hits. Damn. 27 on the next one. Okay. All right, so let's do his damage real quick. Oh, damn. Uh, 10 points of damage on him. Okay. And then let's attack the wolf real quick. I would imagine a 10 misses. Yeah, sadly a 10 misses. All right, it flies wide. out of the way. Anything else? Uh, that's it. All right, and Bucks? Bucks is going to... Let's see. Bucks is going to end up right here. And he is going to... He's going to harass the orc. Okay, so he's going to be basically... Granting advantage to the next person that attacks the orc. All right. Uh, yeah, Bucks comes up and kind of flies around its head, keeping it distracted. Carlton, it's your right turn. before he takes off, Bucks gives uh, Travancore a little, like, grip with his claws and a nod, and then goes after him. All right. Uh, I look at this thing, and an orcish, I say, Mraz has led you astray, and then I'm going to ask him a question. Can I ask you a question? I Freaking Jason Mraz. Double-checking. 
the we get flanking with spiritual weapon. Yay. Yeah, you yes. do. Okay. You do. Just double checking. As you say that, it laughs and it says, and when I die and I go to my God, I will be rewarded. What about you? That's what Brad said. <laughs> uh, and so that'll be 19 to hit. Okay, then yes, you hit. Uh, 16 slashing. Okay. And then I'm going to keep asking them questions. Okay. Axe away. Oof. Uh, 17. That hits. Uh, 11 slashing. Okay. Still there? He's still there. He's still All grinning right. at you. He's, uh, I'm going to try to wipe that smile off his face. All right. Oof. A 15 to hit. That still hits. Damn. Right. Uh, 18 slashing. All right. He's still standing there. He's still grinning. He's looking really hurt, and blood is commingling now with the pus, but he is still standing. You should get that looked at. All right. Travancore, it's your turn. So with Bucks distracting this orc, I'm guessing my range attack would have advantage on him. That's correct. Well, good to know. All right. So I, since the last thing that I cast Hunter's Mark on is now dead, I use my bonus action <laughs> to cast Hunter's Mark on this on this orc here. All right. And we're not going to do the flare bow just yet. Um... And I'm going to roll with advantage, just as well. <laughs> Never mind what that first dice roll was. That second one, the one that counts is 25. <laughs> Ig- ignore that single digit. Look at that double digit. Yes, that does it. It's going to do 10 piercing, and then we roll the single d6 plus two for the hunter's mark. So 12 damage total. 12 total. Nice. Yeah, your arrow slices through its upper thigh, leaving a big gash, uh, but it is still standing. Well, luckily Shadow gets a reaction here, so he's gonna claw that last remaining wolf. Okay. Uh, well, 15 hit. 15 will hit. Sweet. Go ahead and roll damage. Sweet. Ugh, five. Fortunately, this thing was on its last legs, and as you claw, as Shadow claws into it, it drops to the ground dead. Nice. And it's Shadow's turn. How, it's funny I... how it turned out that, you know, both me and Jonathan had our turns and our respective animal companions in that order. It's, the dice are kind of interesting sometimes and very the, funny. The dice the dice sometimes help with the role-playing. What would Shadow like to do? All right, Shadow is going to move into triple flanking with that last orc. <laughs> All right, not a thing, but that's okay. <laughs> not a thing, but at least he'll get advantage on his attack. And you he's will. going to keep clawing because that seems to be working a lot better than the biting is. Ah, oh, crap. I, yes. Don't forget your D4. Either way, um, 11. Sadly, no. Shadow was really happy with destroying this corrupted wolf, but as it com- as he comes around to try to go after the orc, he just can't quite slash him. And Shadow hopes that Carlton makes for a more interesting target than he does and ends his turn. All right. Uh, the wolves are dead. Bernie, it's your turn. You are unable to take reactions still, and you've got this decrepit orc next okay. to you. Okay. I'm still... Oh, I take my reaction at the very end of this turn, right? Um, at the end of this turn, you can take reactions again. A reaction would be if it hits you again, then you could do your reaction. You know what I mean? Okay. 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 Your, your reaction hasn't been delayed. You're just unable to take them. Bernie's gonna go with an old, an old standby, which is Guiding Bolt. Okay. I got a 27 on my first that, roll. Definitely <laughs> it's. Go ahead and roll damage. And this is... Okay, Guiding Bolt is radiant damage. Okay. Yeah. It's still 46. It's all gonna... It's gonna be four, four ones. <laughs> 20. 20. Okay. Nice. It takes 20 radiant damage. Just kidding. Very nice. Sweet. As this 
divine light strikes this thing. Uh, for a moment, the smile is wiped off its face as this radiant energy burns into this creature and, and seems to do... You felt its power. It seems to do more damage than you were expecting. Is it still alive? It is still alive. That is annoying. Um, as a bonus action, my my rolled up newspaper is going to hit that other orc. Sure. What I do think? You made all your macros. I like macros. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, we all need uh, not roll twenty character sheets. I would love that. Twenty six. Twenty six to math. hit. Twenty six to hit. You do hit. Go ahead and roll damage. I don't know if you noticed, but the actual macro does say, let me ask you a question. Yep. I noticed. I've seen that. <laughs> 13. 13 damage. All right. Uh, your spiritual weapon wasn't able to really destroy any of these wolves, but this rolled up newspaper of force smacks the orc upside of the head and it goes down hard and dies. Yay. And I say your breath Ooh. smells bad and you should feel bad. Well, it's dead, so it can't. All right. The final orc is still it winced as bernie cast this guiding bolt into its back and the radiant energy seared through its body but it brings its hands back up and uh grins at bernie specifically and says your goddess is no match for orcus and, and brings says, both of its clawed hands up come back I found a Tic Tac. And I need Jonathan, Bucks, and Bernie to make strength saving throws. Oh, we all saw how well this went the first time. I feel like I just sounded like regular size Rudy there. Bucks. Uh, Bucks gets a 10. This may be bad for Bucks. All right, Jonathan, what'd you get? I get a 13. Okay, and Bucks? 10. And Bernie? 14. Bernie, maybe because you're looking at it, you manage to dodge and avoid the tendrils that once again wrap out of the ground and strike at the two of you. So, Bernie, you're going to take half damage. Uh, Jonathan and Bucks are going to take full damage. Which are both minimum damage. Oh, God. Well, that's still enough to drop Bucks. Okay. How much, how much does Bucks have? One hit point. He has one hit point. So, Bernie, you take one... You take one necrotic damage. Jonathan and Bucks take two. Bucks falls out of the air and lands on the ground. <gasps> I need to look up what happens when a familiar is sent to zero hit points. Yeah, so you guys see these tendrils wrap out of the ground, striking the three of you. And while Jonathan, it's... It doesn't seem to do as much damage as you think, and Bucks is able to dodge out of the way of most of them. A couple of them strike him in his wings, and as he falls and lands on the ground, you see his body scatter into feathers and disappear. <gasps> and the orc begins to laugh. And Jonathan, it is your turn. Bucks, no! And I unleash... Uh, a full barrage of scorching rays against him as tears fill Jonathan the Magic Muscular's eyes. Okay. Go ahead and roll an attack. 18. Or, I'm sorry, 16. 16 hits. Uh, 25 hits. That hits. And we'll just add the d4 just in case. Come on. 
Uh, 18 again. All three hit. All Go right. ahead and roll damage. Uh, it's 25 total damage. As Bucks vanishes back to the celestial plane and this orc begins to laugh, you send those three bolts into its, its face and it continues to laugh as you describe in gory detail the death of this creature. I say, um, I say through tears, fuck Orcus, fuck you. I don't care what happens to you. Say hi to Oblivion. And I, and I, I put one into his chest, another into his shoulder. And as he spins around, the last one goes right through his head. And as I, as I, as he, as the last bolt goes through, Jonathan the Magimuscular just kind of stands there for a second. And then he drops to his knees and he, he puts his hands into his, uh, his head into his hands. Yeah. And this thing uh, finally stops laughing as you take out its face and it falls to the ground. And, and for a moment, the only noise any of you can hear is the sound of your friend crying. I walk up to Jonathan Magimuscular and give him a hug. Bernie is going to go up and um, pat him on the shoulder. And she's going to look over at Carlton and say, No offense to your family, Carlton, but these woods fucking suck. These ain't my family. These guys suck. Uh, after a couple of minutes, uh, after the shock of seeing what happened to Bucks, like, Jonathan the Magic Mustard kind of like, oh, Um, okay. Alright. Uh, it's fine. Well, not fine, but but I can deal with this. I can prepare the spell tomorrow. And, and just hope for the best, um, and, and see, see what actually, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, you might be able to fix this, might be able to fix this. And, and this is, this is Jonathan the Magimuscular, like, going through his mind. It's a ritual! It's a ritual! I can, I can bring him back! I need, I need, I need about an hour! Um, guys, guys, can you can you give me an hour? I circle around Jonathan, back to him, so that way to protect him for what he needs to do. It's a bit of a cliche, but you have my bow <laughs> and my axe <laughs> and my Kevin. Uh, she holds up her her spiky mace, and yeah, you can see that the sun is starting to get close to setting. So. You probably would have needed to stop soon unless you wanted to go through the night. Would you like to just stay here for the hour that Jonathan needs for the ritual? Or did you want to camp here or do something else? Let's just stay here for now. We can make a decision about camp after the ritual. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do the ritual for an hour and then we'll find a safe place for camp. Bernie's going to heal everyone because she doesn't trust that shit's not going to happen in the night. Oh, yeah. And Shadow is almost dead. Shadow is almost dead, as per usual. Oh, I also have a level of exhaustion. Six people. Are we six people? We are. Yep. And you know what I realized? Is I actually have a huge bonus. When I heal you guys, I get additional healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you're good at healing or something. Additional healing. No, don't make it. Don't don't make it that. I said additional. It's that's, It's cool. All right, so you guys are going to pause here for an hour while Jonathan does this and then go find a place to camp? Or did you want to find a place to camp first? Let's pause here for an hour. Let's get him his thing I think, back. I, I think we're going to give Jonathan the time he needs immediately. Yeah. At least that's what I think I would do. Be like, same. all right, I'll stand guard, do what you need to do, 
as fast as you can. But I know it's time is fixed. It's not cyclical. <laughs> what Carlton does that even mean? Did you say cyclical? <laughs> Carlton, in his attempt to help Jonathan recover from this shock, seeing that it's going to be okay, kind of trails off on this weird train of thought, distracted with his own with his own feelings right now, and it's it's weird. I had to kill wolves. I don't like that. Well, you know, everybody does. Th- everybody gets nine damage or nine points of healing back. Sorry, <laughs> Bernie. Bernie's oh, fucked God. up real big. Bernie accidentally uses Kevin instead of healing. <laughs> I heal you, whap. <laughs> you guys take up a. Def- Bernie does some healing. You guys take up a, a defensive perimeter. Jonathan, you're going to go ahead and recast Find Familiar. Yes. Okay, and while I I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Are you summoning the same familiar? I am going to try, and I look over, like, I get to, like, a midpoint, a break in the ritual, and I look at Bernie and say, Bernie, I I deal with the magical weave. I don't, the, the, the planes are, at least for now, outside my, my, uh, my expertise. Um, could you? Could you say a little something to to Queen Bay to maybe maybe help find Bucks? Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. Bernie's Bernie will pray. I don't know that there's anything mechanically. I just figured flavor wise. Actually, you got so you start a small fire because you need to burn some things as part of this ritual you pull out the required components you mark the the 10 gold off as you do this you uh get to your midpoint and ask bernie to pray because you do know that while you you can summon the same familiar and you're doing this right away you do know there there is a chance that bucks will be unable or unavailable no matter how quickly you do this bernie i'd like you to go ahead and roll a religion check Okay. It's gonna be shit compared to my last religion check. Someone tells me with your bonus, you'll be okay. 25. Okay, yeah, I'll be okay. Okay. Uh, Jonathan, as you finish up this ritual, you picture your familiar, your friend in your mind. I'd like you, uh, I'd like you to roll an intelligence saving throw with advantage, please. Okay. God. Yeah. Uh, so 24. Your eyes are closed. You reach out with your arcane senses as you finish this ritual. You're familiar with the way the ritual works, but you've only ever done it the once. You've never had to do it to try to resummon the same being. And as your, your arcane senses reach out, Bernie kind of instinctually, while she is is sending out a prayer to Queen Bay, kind of puts a hand on your shoulder. And for a second, you're grounded in a way you weren't expecting. And then you hear some the, the flutter of soft wings and some familiar talons grip your shoulder and the sense of Bucks next to you returns. Bucks! Huh. Bucks! <laughs> well, uh, uh, mm. Huh. So, uh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Welcome back, buddy. Huh. Bucks, for his part, is happy but also confused as the last thing he remembers is dodging a disgusting snake thing that came out of the ground and then being home 
and then being back with you. I'd like to do a perception check to see whether Buck's um, re- being resummoned caused him to come back at a younger age or if he came back at the same age, or do we know that already? Oh, uh, go ahead and roll a perception check. 15. You know, it's a little hard to tell with owls. He wasn't that old to begin with. You think he might have regained the age he lost, but you can't be 100% sure. It looks like he was summoned back into a a stable form, at least. You know, he looks fine, so you think maybe? Welcome back, friend Bucks. Huh, you, you, you did good, buddy. You did good. Um... Yeah. Bucks kind of awkwardly grips your shoulder and kind of moves back and forth. He's a little uncomfortable at all of the emotion going on. Yeah, as- yeah. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Oh. Who? Yeah, you're, you're just... You're you're getting the raw feet of this. Um, yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. At this, at this point, the sun has completely set. The night has grown dark. The surrounding forest, which would normally be full of crickets... Terrors? Well, it is now full of terrors. It would normally be full of the noises of crickets and fireflies and all this stuff, but it is completely eerily silent, uh, except for the occasional gust of wind rattling the leaves across the ground. I look up at Bucks and or at when I think about the the terrors that would normally be in the forest. I say, "Buddy, when we're done with this, we are going to be the fucking terrors in this forest." The night is dark and full of us. Are you going to camp here, or are you going to go somewhere else? Uh, is here safe? Yeah, does here look like a good spot, or... Mm, roll some survival checks. All right. Bad at nature, pretty good at survival. In the irony of ironies. <laughs> well... But whatever, <laughs> I'm unnecessary. What I rolled. All right, all, did all of you roll? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, yeah. All right, well, so give me Carlton. Uh, I got a soft 20. And Travancore? Hard 20. 26. <laughs> and Jonathan? Uh, a nine. Or I'm sorry, 10. 10. Okay. And Bernie? 14. That was a hiccup and a burp at the same time. <laughs> okay. That was a very interesting feeling. Jonathan, you're still wiping tears from your eyes. You're still centering yourself. Uh, all you care about is Bucks is by your side again after this brief m- moment of panic and hour of ritual. The rest of you take a, a really hard look around. No, it's not safe. It is completely not safe. And Travancore and uh, Carlton, you get the sense nowhere here is safe. I will look for the lesser of all the evils in the place um, to stay. Like, Do we have Pocket House available? You do not. You closed it this morning. It will not be available again until uh, tomorrow morning. So I guess I want to find the least not safe place in the, the least shitty. Yeah. <laughs> the lesser okay. of many evils. Uh, you spend the next 30 minutes until the sun is, it is completely dark at this point, searching around. You... Unlike your normal instincts was just to find a grove of trees or some bushes, something something with like a natural wall that you can butt up against. The trees here are full of rot and decay and just touching them makes bark fall off into splinters and dust. And there are no bushes. There's no there's no nothing. It is just Sticks of dead wood and mud. So against 
your normal instincts to find trees to butt up against, uh, you and Carlton eventually find uh, enough of a clearing to be, it's not a clearing because this is a pretty thick wood, but a place where you guys could sleep and where no one would be directly next to a tree. And as far as you can see, this is as safe as it's going to get unless you want to continue in the darkness. Um, um, I think we just cut our losses, yeah. 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 I'll take first watch. Uh, second. I'll take second. <laughs> Bernie's got, like, night vision, so who doesn't have- No, he's got the goggles. Yeah, uh, JMM has, uh, goggles now. Yeah, let's give JMM last so we can spend time with Bucks. Yeah. Alright, Bernie will take third watch. Alright, and are you guys starting a fire? Let's go fireless. Yeah. Yeah. Unless it's like freezing cold. I think that we it won't be is, able to survive. But let's let's Ah, oh God, we're gonna that's gonna kick our ass. Yeah. You do know the last couple of nights here because it is it is winter. It is Winter is here. Winter is is here. It's not too crazy into winter, but you guys are in the eleventh month. You guys are in Uktar, and you're pretty late in Uktar, Uktar, so it's you're well past the fall. It will probably be below freezing tonight. It's been warming up enough during the day that you're not walking through ice shards, but it's it's gonna get cold. Is there any way to hide the fire? That's what I was gonna say. Let's dig a pit, and we'll like build up some stones around it so that like the there's no open flame. It'll be a very soft glow, and the stones will absorb the heat, so if we start to get cold, we can just, like, pick up a hot rock and kind of, like, keep our little hand warmers. Okay. Yeah, you guys, it's it's simple enough to do that. It's it's a little miserable, because you have to dig into this half-muddy, half-disgusting ground, but, yeah, you managed to bury the fire uh, enough that it would be a little more difficult to spot, but not so much that you guys don't have some heat coming off. All right, you said, Carlton, you're taking the first watch. Who was taking second? Yo. And Bernie was third and Jonathan was fourth? Yeah. Okay. The night progresses eerily quiet. There is, uh, for each of your watches, there is no sound through the trees. There is no, uh, there's barely even a rustle of wind. You're all a little distracted by just how noxious this area is but nothing seems to bother you at 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 night while you're awake it's very difficult for all of you to go to sleep it is unnerving to your very core jonathan even you who spends a lot of your time in cities and study not out in the wilderness there is something innately wrong here that just the core of your being is telling you you should not be here. You should not sleep here. And so getting to sleep takes a very long time. As you progress through the night, while you all do eventually get to sleep and you do have a long rest, you're plagued by familiar nightmares. A young woman screaming, the forest rotting away, pleas for help, this cackling evil laughter of glee and death. And as you all come to consciousness the next morning, Hungry, bothered, just feeling unhealthy in a way. I need you all to make a constitution saving throw. I also need these for Bucks, Coco Snoot, and Shadow. So I'll I'll call these out individually. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just really happy. Let's go down the line. Carlton. Uh fifteen. Travancore. Thirteen. Jonathan. 
Uh, six. Bernie. Nineteen. Bucks. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Uh, seventeen. Coco's Newt. Twenty. Shadow. Five. Okay. Bernie, Bucks, and Coco Snoop. The three of you wake up feeling disturbed, but rested. And you seem to be okay. I need everybody else to roll a d12. Oh, dear. This should be interesting. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, fuck. Fuck Uh-oh. me. Uh, so both Carlton and Jonathan the Magic Muscular rolled a one on the d12. Interesting. All right, Travancore? Two. And Shadow? Seven. Okay. Carlton and Jonathan, you wake up. You've gotten your long rest, so you've regained your hit points and everything. But you're rubbing your eyes to kind of get the sleep out of your eyes, and then you find yourself shaking your ears. And the two of you kind of look at each other confused as you just feel like your ears have filled up with scabs it's it's crusty and disgusting you can't seem to shake it out uh the more that you try to you know pick at it and put some water in it kind of shake your head the the more seems to come out it's it's almost as though something has scraped the inside of your ears and they've just filled up with scabs uh the both of you are going to take a negative two penalty to perception checks yeah this is a body horror shit right here Oh, I yeah. can't do this. I'm sorry. I'm out. I'm, you tell me when their scabs are gone and I'll play again. <laughs> Travancore, as you stand to face the day, your feet hurt. It is painful to stand up. And as you take off your shoes, thinking um, maybe like a rock got in your shoe or, you know, something got in there and bit you or whatever, you find that your both your toes and kind of the sides of your feet are curled in an unnatural way. And you find it, it it's actually difficult to walk. It's, it's a bit painful because they're, they're both curled in on themselves. Uh, your speed is reduced by 10 feet. Oof. Good thing we have horses. Yeah. Shadow. What? What? <laughs> I see what you what? did there. Good thing we have forces. I mean, I can make force. I am a force. Shadow wakes up and Travancore, you can see he is more than annoyed. He's more than angry. He is enraged. You don't know if it was what he was dreaming about. You don't know whether it was just he slept on a rock and is rolled up on the wrong side of the the ground this morning. You're really unsure, but he he wakes up and he practically glares at all of you and it's it's really only your ministrations and like giving him a scratch behind the head and telling him you know hey it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay that calms him down enough that he stops growling but he is actively gripping the ground with just a fury that you haven't seen in him except in the rare fights in where there has been something crazy that has happened that has scared him Shadow is easily angered. In combat, he will intentionally neglect his own defense while angry, which he is all the time. And so he takes a negative one to his AC. Oof. 
you can you can see he is just he is aggressive and angry and it's not at you or it's not even really at any of your companions you kind of get the sense that he's he's so angry and miserable at the situation that you feel like he just wants to charge forward and attack the forest directly you guys gather your stuff do your best to kind of deal with these issues as they have come up and i need you all to roll Give me any of the checks that you would like to get as you try to kind of reorient yourself and head back in the direction that you think the the rot demon may be located in. Survival. Survival. Jonathan the Magimuscular would like to try and make an arcana check to see if he can pick up on the, like, corrupted magical ley lines in the land. Everybody drink. You did a natural nice. 20 that? I got a natural 20 on my survival, so that's a 25. Bernie's going to do religion. Okay, so we got 25 from Carlton for nature. Travancore, we also, uh, or I'm sorry, survival. Survival on the same logic as last time. I got a 16. Okay, uh, Jonathan, what was your arcana? My arcana check is... Arcana. Uh, gonna be 13. And Bernie, give me your religion. My religion check is a, is a 16. Okay. Carlton and Travancore, having picked up on this before... And Travancore, you even managed to to kind of steady yourself despite the, the pain in your feet. You immediately sense the direction that you need to go just from what's been around you. And as you guys point that out, Jonathan and Bernie, using your your complimentary checks, can 100%, absolutely, this, this is the direction we need to go off in. In fact, it almost feels like you're getting really close. You've seen a noticeable decline. The The arc of this decline has sharply gone into, plummeted into the, you can't ignore anything anymore. As you gather your stuff and, and head in the direction that you all know you need to go in, it's only another hour or two through this silent forest. Carlton just gently bumping into it or shadow with with their strength just gently bumping into a tree causes branches and chunks to fall to dust around you the sky overhead is gray and oppressive the smell is noxious and pestilent and it is it is horrific after another hour or two, just as some of you are thinking, you know, maybe maybe we should rethink this direction. Maybe this is just a bad idea. You suddenly break through the tree line. The decaying trees suddenly come to a stop. And there's a small clearing ahead of you in what had been up until this point a pretty dense forest. What you once imagined was a beautiful meadow of lush grasses and cool breezes is just a barren sheet of rock and dirt and as you scan across this break in the trees a, a little surprised as it seemed to come a, you see to have, have come across it suddenly uh, your eyes are drawn to the center of this clearing where the ground seems to start to rise a bit as if it's going to form a small hill almost like in the a picturesque grass-covered hill would be but after a few feet of rising the ground collapses as if the weight of the sickly surroundings can't actually hold itself upright uh there in the center of this clearing there is this unnatural crater a hideous cave of rotten roots and knotted vines twisting and turning and descending deep into the ailing earth 
you all take a moment and cough a bit as this noxious odor wafts from this cave. So strong, you you almost swear that you can see it shimmering on the air in, in green wafts. It drifts from the en- entrance, making you queasy, and you all have to kind of hold your breath for a moment. The cave continues into darkness. And while you can't see what's inside, there's zero doubt in any of your minds. This is what you've been searching for. Carlton, this is at least... When this forest was hale and hearty, this was the clearing you were supposed to give respect and avoidance to. And this is now the heart of the corruption. This is the lair of the rot demon. And that is where we will end for the moment. All right, so before we go, let me give you some experience. Most of this is going to be for, obviously, the orcs and the corrupted wolves that you killed. There is a little bit of experience for bringing Bucks back. The The RP of Bucks dying and coming back, I thought, was excellently done. And then you guys did kill a bunch of stuff. You get a total of 2,540 experience to split between the four of you. And next time on Dungeon Drunks, you descend into the lair of a demon and see if you can cure the land. I'm going to burn the very heart out of this motherfucker. (laughs) Thanks for listening to our adventure. Follow us on Twitter at Dungeon Drunks or find us online at www.dungeondrunks.com and see you next encounter.